outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. Hey, what's everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU podcast. We are not at Vanessa House Beer Company today because I've got some stuff to do this evening. I'll actually be at Vanessa House later on, uh, well after Bingo Bingo Songo has begun around 7 o'clock. I'll be there around 8, just hanging out with some friends. But if you're listening to this right now, because we're recording at 4.38 in my kitchen like we typically do on the Through the Keyhole Patreon uh, podcast that you can listen to every Tuesday. Um, if you're listening to this right now before seven, go check out Bingo Bango Songo. It's emo night, so all the Popular ladies, night. all the ladies will be there because all the ladies like emo night. And if that's not your thing anyway, it doesn't matter. The beer is awesome. The company is great. The music will be entertaining to say the least, and it's just a fun place to have a fun little time in these very hot, hot, over 100-degree summer days. But you know what? We're almost to football, so we're not too, too mad about that. But yeah, Brady Trantham here alongside Keegan Renault. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU podcast, as always. If you have not done this already, please, 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 I beg of you, I beseech thee, please, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcast if you have not done so once again. Preferably a five-star review would be great, but once again, like we uh, revealed on the previous Inside OU podcast on Thursday, uh, somebody going by the name of Jim Traber. I don't even want to say somebody going by the name of Jim Traber because the name says Jim Traber, so I'm inclined to believe that it is Jim Traber gave us a one-star review, and then you know Keegan said, yikes, I hope Keegan gets his own show. So you know, <laughs> may- maybe, maybe someday in the future Keegan will break off and have his own podcast uh, right next or right before or after the R.J. Young number one ranked show. Wow. We, 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 can, we can only hope. We can only hope that we both grow individually to a point where that can be the case. I mean, I, again, I've said this. I mean, I hope, it's, I hope that would be together. Like that's, we're going on year two. I'm excited for a year three, and I'm excited yeah. for the SEC when it hits in 2026. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Please, no more SEC talk, especially because the college football playoff is like, nah, we're not going to expand. Oh, well. Shout out West Virginia's AD. Yeah, yeah. You know, so much to get to today. So much to get to. But again, I'm going to remind you, five-star reviews, Apple Podcasts, Vanessa House Beer Company, not just Thursdays, everybody, Fridays, Saturdays. I mean, last weekend was so much fun. We had uh, WWE going for SummerSlam, we had two, we had three new stouts, and they were, oh my god, they were so good. Two of them, uh, one of them tasted like an apple fritter donut. Mm. It was, it was incredible. Mm. Yeah, many, many people left very happy with smiles on their faces that evening. Monday we do Super Smash Brothers tournaments. Tuesdays we do more video games. Wednesdays we do karaoke. Thursdays Bingo Bango Songo. I mean, again, guys, it's just a great place to be. Broadway and 8th in Oklahoma City, right down the street from the Hideaway Pizza, where you can get pizza, and then uh, we're not sponsored by Hideaway, but if you want to have some food, too, go ahead and bring whatever you want. Mm. Vanessa don't care. You can bring whatever food you want. You can get a beer at Vanessa House with that pizza. It's a great combo. Missing my destination wedding today. Yeah, per- oh. And maybe like if, if you had ordered something off of Christie's Toy Box or something, you, know, you can bring that there too. Right, Keegan? You can. 
Perhaps. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. You would be in a, a very precarious position in a bar. But if you do, it'd be great. It's just a, it's just just a sword fight, everybody. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, Keegan, let's let's get to the big news that just dropped about an hour ago. Uh, that would be, of course, third string running back and former LSU transfer, current OU transfer to LSU, Trey Bradford, has apparently left the program, and according to the OU Daily, has not been uh, at practice the previous two days. So this has been something that has been in the works. Um, I, I don't even know where to go with this because I assume there's information behind, like at some places, like maybe the athletic or sooner scoop. And I've not subscribed to either one. So if there's something that I'm missing, please Keegan, like jump in and tell me that I'm wrong or that I'm missing something. Uh, but before you get to, cause you were like already deep down into the NCAA bylaws, you had your nose right in there. Like, Oh, who's cheating? Which one's cheating? We've got to find them out and tattle on them accordingly. Uh, but I'll just go ahead and give my take on Trey Bradford. And look, we're not going to talk about third string running backs. And so this is not revisionist history by any means. And I wish I would have told you this, but I told you this before we started recording. We've heard a few things about Trey Bradford in terms of like something publicly from coaches, uh, good speed, you know, like the coach speak that you would hear about a running back and Trey Bradford. I was excited about his potential. I was excited about him. Uh, transferring to OU I liked what I saw of him on film at LSU and in high school Mm -hmm. and looking ahead if Eric Gray is as good as we think he is he's probably going to be gone and then Kennedy Brooks is going to be done with eligibility so it looked like okay Trey Bradford with a year of kind of being the complimentary back that could be nice a nice little plan b to be the starting running back for 2022 but other than the good speed, the other thing that we heard Keegan was uh, still learning the playbook. And I don't know what I'm supposed to expect from a from a running back. And I know Lincoln Riley's offenses are, you know, they can be complicated. And they're very sophisticated. I get that. But in terms of running back, two, three months after you've been here, however long it's been, four months, and you're still learning the playbook, that's where a red flag went up for me. And I I didn't think that he would transfer. Like this is shocking to me and this is, you know, not good for depth, don't get me wrong. But I'll be honest, a red flag went up for me that he's still learning the playbook and now that we know that he's leaving potentially potentially, I guess. I've got to say like if I'm going to use my conspiracy theory brain, I'm going to jump from he's still learning the playbook. That's a little concerning to oh, is he just going back to LSU because he realized this ain't it for me in terms of I don't fit in this offense. It's too complicated to learn. I, I, I don't know what it takes to be a running back in terms of learning plays or something like that. But when I see LSU's offense and then I watch Oklahoma, I don't need to be an X's and O's whiz to understand that that one looks a little bit more sophisticated and complicated than this one over here where they're like under center half the time. So not trying to assume anything, but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to use what context clues I'm given from these coaches. And when they say learning the playbook months after you've been here still, and then you potentially transfer, or you've just left the team. That's where I jump from A to B. I want to say the first thing is credit one OU daily. They're the one that reported that no longer on the roster. Sooner scoop reported that there is nothing determined about two hours ago. Um, from my end, as you know, yesterday, 
I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. Because there's two points of this, Brainy. One, in my head as a personal level here, you're a year away from being the starting year running back at Oklahoma. You know how many people have get a chance to say that or do that? Yeah. Adrian, I mean, go down the list over the last 20 years of those guys. And you're going to miss out on that opportunity? Two, say that Blinken and Oklahoma, they had their meeting today with him and said that they want you here. If there's text messages between LSU officially and Trey Bradford that can be used. So when you say officially, you don't mean a trainer that's an LSU fan. Or you, you I mean, don't mean Trey Bradford's old high school coach. I don't mean yeah, Trey Bradford's you, old high school trainer. You mean an LSU coach, staffer, analyst that has an LSU polo on, on the sidelines on game days. Texting contacting tra- Trey Bradford yeah. still. Correct. If that happened, two things. One, that is a violation by LSU. I again, I, we spent what ten minutes trying. I look, spent trying to look up all the rules and just didn't have enough time. I'm sure I'll have an answer later. Adam Silver is going to be hot on the trail for LSU. This I can't do that. The other thing is that if it's a violation, Trey Bradford's now ineligible from the NCAA. I don't think he cares. I mean, he was if he's indeed going back to LSU, he was going to have to sit out the year anyway, right? Correct. And but again. Unless if he if he's not transferring to LSU now because he would be ruled an ineligible player for LSU, then he's stuck at Oklahoma, and now he has the city year because of an NTA issue. Yeah. So he's put himself at Oklahoma in a very tough situation of, man, we really need you, and two, we can't play you now because you went and broke the rules behind our back. And Oklahoma's compliance department, you know, you know damn well, once receiving this kind of information, is going to shut it down quick in terms of either way, whether he's yeah. eligible or not. Yeah. So he could be no longer on the roster and be a part of the program and be around next season or starting in the spring. I would imagine it would be a year's worth. This is all speaking the hypotheticals in terms because I don't know the exact number of games he'd have to sit out. I don't know what NCAA rule has been broken or if it has been broken. But if it is, he not only has screwed Oklahoma out of having a third running back, a somewhat talented one, more than what they would have had. He's talented, yeah. And screwed himself out of maybe even going back to LSU. So you're in a place, if you're Trey Bradford, where you're in a lose-lose now. Okay, I'm, I want to go back to LSU. I'm not the starter here. I would have had a chance there. Great. Okay, go back. Well, now you can't because you've been in contact, and I'm assuming this is probably a national letter of intent thing, Brady, more than anything. Um, and I, that would probably be a great place to look at the rules um, and the national NLI rules that, for some reason, we found out have deeper rules than what we do when Chandler Morris' deal was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to relay that again. I don't know. think this is a done deal. I think that there's still some meetings going on. When you hear this, I would imagine that they're talking today. Trey Bradford and Oklahoma are still in conversation. But I don't know if it's going to matter now. Because I don't... One, he can't transfer away if he's ineligible. <laughs> or go to someplace. Yeah. Can't go to LSU. And now he can't play at Oklahoma. And that's just a world of just issues. Nine days before kickoff, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So I'll touch on the 
recent thing you said, like in the scenario where he's ineligible and then stuck at OU. Well, then Lincoln Riley, because you, you talked about how they need him, but they can't play him. So those two things. The third thing under that is, does Lincoln Riley even want to play a guy who's actively trying to quit? That's a great point. Yeah, like you're when you're trying to win a national championship and you're talking about guys who could potentially play some hefty roles mm-hmm. in an offense that could be one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah, I don't know about playing a, des- a deserter. I don't know what that does for chemistry. And maybe that's corny and maybe that's... You know, old school, everybody's got to be best friends on a football Maybe team. Maybe Jeremiah Hall and Brayden Wills will talk about it on the yeah, next podcast. Yeah, like, I mean, A.D. Miller has come back into the fold. Like, that's happened under... <laughs> Trey Lincoln. West did. Trey West. Well, I mean, A.D. Miller left and then committed somewhere else, and then it... He actually was at Illinois, right? He and was actually came- at Illinois, and then Lovey <laughs> Smith said, no, thank you, and then he came back. So, it's not without precedent that Lincoln Riley can welcome somebody back into the fold that hasn't broken a law. Mm-hmm. Now, an NCAA law, like that's a different story, but in, you know, there, there's precedent for that. At the same time, it would feel a little gross. Now, the first big thing that you mentioned about how you could you're potentially walking away from being running back number one at the University of Oklahoma next season with Caleb Williams and all these other skill position players, the offensive line, like OU is going to be good next year, even though they're going to lose quite a bit. They're going to reload because they're OU, and you're you're walking away from that. That plays into why I believe that he just probably didn't absorb the offense, saw it to be a little bit either too hard or just not uh, best suiting his skill set, and decided I'm much better suited for more simpler offenses. I'm not trying to sit here and say that he's stupid. Please don't mistake that. But we're all different in terms of how we absorb things. We're all smart in our own way. And maybe he just saw this as, I'm not that versatile as a running back. I want to just be a gap, b gap, and let let me work. Mm. And I, like that—that's—that's that's how I'm justifying this. I could be completely wrong, but when we're given the information from these coaches, I mean, that's what we have to go off of. And then the information that we get from the OU Daily about how he's not practiced for two days and what you were talking about—like that leads me to believe more and more what I've been talking about. I'm on the NLI page right now. I told you where it would probably be the place to look. We do have something here to touch on, or I found something. Let's touch it. NLI recruiting ban violation penalty. Okay. So in NLI recruiting ban, there's a cease communication. Once a prospect of student athlete signs an NLI, all NLI member institutions and conferences must cease contact with the NLI signee and his or her family members, any contact more than an exchange of a greeting would result in an NL- NLI recruiting ba- ban violation, regardless of the conversation. The conversation does not have to result in a recruiting discussion for a violation to occur. It is understandable that a coach from another institution, due to the relationship established during the recruiting process, may want to call or send a note to congratulate. This exchange is permissible, but most must be timely following the date of signing. That has nothing to do with guy being on campus for three months, does it? No. Okay. So here is your ban violation penalty. First violation for a sport program, a letter of reprimand to the coach and sport program. The NLI member institution must pay a fine in the amount of $500. I'm not shitting you. Hmm. That's a lot of money. That is this That's is a lot of money for this me. This is verbatim nationalletter.org in the NLI rules. That is the again, I don't know if this is an NCA issue. It sounds like it is. 
And it also it does mention the fact that they have to still they could abide by NCAA bylaws. So there could be something in there that I haven't read yet. Yeah. But as we know right now, if this were to be true, it would be an, a, more than likely a national letter of intent issue, not an NCAA issue. And uh, letter of reprimand to the coach and sport program, and you know, I remember institution amount of five hundred dollars. So, um, again, that's just a little bit of I've read. There could be a lot more there, Brady. I, I'm with you. I, I think that when you take a look at the big picture, there is two things that do lower the ceiling, I think, because of this, potentially, if this is, again, allegedly potentially true. Oklahoma was going to, as we know and we've heard, and Lincoln's even alluded to it at this point, and you can tell from the personnel and watching the game tape and everything, they want to play as much two-back with Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks as they can. This doesn't allow them to do that. And that's that does... I, I'll disagree. But what if one of them gets hurt now? If you're playing, you, you you're can't, play, you're playing two-back just like, like Just like I was screaming at the TV or screaming at the stadium when Trevor Knight and Blake Bell and those guys were quarterback. And I know it's a different staff, but just from a philosophical standpoint, if you're going to coach and call plays with the thought... I don't want to get them hurt. It's one thing for a quarterback. It's okay. one It's one thing for a quarterback where you have, let's say like a Kyler Murray, you utilize his legs. You don't restrict yourself fully from using them, but you don't also run him into the ground. You're smart with it. But Josh Heupel restricted Trevor Knight and even Blake Bell from using basically their best asset, which was their ability to move and run. Because I'm going to run a Landry Jones offense, and you will run it perfectly. Plus, I don't want to get my quarterback hurt. If that's how you're going to coach, then you're scared, and you don't need to be in the you don't need to be in the kitchen because it's too hot. So I hope Lincoln Riley looks at this and goes, the risk is now higher, but I'm still running our best chance at winning a national championship, which is running the two back set. If he decides I can't do that, then I don't know, man, because this is not 2005. This is not 2006 where you have to have a strong running game out of the I formation. Jaden Knowles, Billy Bowman, Jeremiah Hall, they can all tote the rock. Brian Osamoa, former high school running back. Brian Osamoa. Anybody can just hand get, have the ball handed off to him. Don't fumble it. Run forward. All respect to TJ Pledger. That dude rushed for over 100 yards in an OU Texas game. It can be done. And I'm with you. I, I think it can. I'm just worried that I don't know until the Iowa State game. Is it worth it? It is worth it because the ceiling is national championship. So if you're already restricting yourself from your best potential system or offense or capability because you are afraid of an unknown, then you you, you don't need to be in the kitchen. It, it, the risk is higher. I'm not trying to sit here and say that, yeah, the risk is higher, but when you're gunning for a national championship and you've got knuckleheads and kids who aren't going to class and kids who are breaking NCAA rules and trying to go back to the school where they transferred from initially backing you up, that's the risk. But the starters are still there and it's, there is no doubt we can all tell, even though we've only seen it in a spring game, the best offense for Oklahoma is going to be a two back system Mm -hmm. with Eric Gray being your versatile back and Kennedy Brooks being your more, traditional back blocking in front of them that's my that's my biggest worry though is that the risk is high that one of them gets hurt and then next thing you know you have 
two tight ends on the field that limits the receivers route you know guys going downfield specifically vertically where that hurt Oklahoma a lot last year I mean we spoke about that almost weekly that if they could just get more guys in pass patterns last year probably would have helped Rattler out a lot but they couldn't because they needed help in pass protection yeah so it, it creates it creates a lot I think more uncertainty in terms of like in my head where I'm projecting what this offense is going to look like. I am at a place where if in that Iowa State game, if they aren't showing everything in terms of the two-back stuff, that's where I get where I'm with you, where it's like this is the game. If you win this game and you're undefeated heading into that game and that's going to get you the number one spot and the number one seed yep. you're in Dallas and you're not almost two-back exclusively with those two guys, then – Yes, I have a major issue. I just, I honestly, this sounds stupid. I know you're, Oklahoma has, I say this sounds stupid a lot, but Oklahoma has lost games they shouldn't have since Lincoln Riley's been been here, since 2015. Um, last decade, that's actually happened. A lot of them because they have trouble running the ball. It's true. And the th- biggest thing that I think that you're worried about, and I think a lot of OU fans would be, is that if he kind of takes that gas off and waits for that one game, maybe they can't get snake bit again this year because they're not playing to their strengths to the fullest. Yeah, and that, that's where I, I kind of am when I say, like, don't restrict yourself. Yep. Now, just like I said with Kyler Murray, you, be, you can be smart with it. You don't need to run them in the ground. Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray should not have 20 carries each, 20 touches each for Tulane. They don't even really need to play that much against Western Carolina. And, hell, I, I mean, Nebraska's strength is going to be their front seven. Mm. So just throw it over the top of them and just say, you guys are just basically decoys. Don't roll your ankle. And then once you get into Big 12 play, then you could start giving them a little bit more carries. Then you can start getting them into football shape. Texas, we know, is going to be whoever can run the ball like it always is. Whoever runs the ball the best is probably going to win this game. So you don't need to run them into the ground. And OU schedule affords Lincoln Riley to be smart with a two-back system. I just hope that, you know, we're where we're, we're Texas Tech mm-hmm. the day before Halloween in Norman, and you and I are podcasting going, how come we haven't seen the two-back system? And I'll be screaming, I hope it's not because he's afraid that someone's going to get hurt. Because you can't coach being afraid of somebody getting hurt. If you don't have a backup quarterback, but Kyler Murray is your back, like your starting quarterback, you don't coach scared. You just coach with the hope that Kyler will be okay because he's our best. He's the best player. He's the best chance that we have to be good. Yes, Austin Kendall is his backup, but let's not even think about that scenario. You can't coach that way. I would. I would assume you can't. So the second for me, this is just. Jeremiah Hall is the third back at this point, right? I mean, Jay Knowles, I, I know he's shown some stuff in the spring game, but, I mean, it has to be Hall, right? If a guy is going to get carries as the third running back next weekend? Yeah, because I think when you're talking about a third running back, you're talking about someone just spelling either Kennedy or Eric because they've had a big run or two big runs and they just need you know some a breath on the sideline. So you're talking about, well, you're just basically going to line up at running back. You're not really going to do anything. Or you're talking about a guy that, you know, short yard situation, goal line situation, because Kennedy or, or Eric or the offense just got you there. Right. Then, you know, Jeremiah Hall is suited for that just because he's bigger. And Jeremiah Hall is a player who really just does a lot of things correct that I – has he 
had the ball handed to him. Like he's obviously caught a handful of passes over his career, but every every time he catches a ball, it's like a lot of them are fairly good catches. A lot of them are in traffic, and he's sure-handed. So I I can be optimistic and think that if he's handed the ball, that he can protect the football because he seems very sure-handed. And if you have Braden Willis and Stogner on the field with that, just fall forward for five yards. Imagine Braden Willis lining up in the backfield. He does have a single-digit number now. I know. He would look scary back there. Uh, We'll give a shout-out to our good friend uh, Davis Dunkelberger because uh, he did mention in a little group chat that we have now. uh, was Was it him that mentioned Mario Williams? Yeah, it was like the t- I made the joke about like Billy Bowman or something. Yeah, Billy Bowman is a do it all. You know, here's here's your chance to literally do it all. I mean, I could see Mario Williams like lining up in the slot and then go running in motion and then doing that thing where they they're about to pass the quarterback and then they kind of pivot and bounce back into the backfield and then they just roll with the quarterback on a design scramble. I could see something like that where you have to manufacture having an extra running back. Jeremiah Hall had four carries for 21 yards against Kansas in 2018. That's why I don't remember. <laughs> I don't I don't want to think about that game. Plus, I'm on a cleanse. He had one carry against UCLA in 2019. Was that on a fumble? I don't can't remember. It was for negative one yard. He had a carry against LSU for eight yards. He hey. had... Eight yards of carry in, in the playoff game. That ain't, that ain't bad. He had one carry for no yards in the... Uh, Iowa State. Yeah, I'd be year. I'd be curious to see if any of those were fumble recoveries. So he had seven attempts technically for twenty eight yards at four yards per. So no, he has not had a ton of action. But I just think that's like that's where my head goes. Is like this first until they have that. When's the bye week? You've been on this for a while. <laughs> Nine games into the season. So after, after that bye week, or no, I'm kidding. After the Western Carolina game, I would imagine they'll have an answer. But, again, I'm looking this up right now. I'm actually on the NCAA recruiting. I will have an, should have an answer for you by the end of this podcast in terms of if there's a violation that happened. But if there's not and Trey Bradford stays, then great. Like, yeah. I, he, I know, you're, I know it's, you're, you know, if he doesn't want to be here, like, don't play him. Like, and I, I get the – but he is the only – he is the third running <laughs> – he's I, the I, only I, third scholarship really, running back. We'll never know this, but I'm really curious if Trey Bradford would have come here if Seth McGowan wasn't an idiot. Was he? Oh, that was after. So was well Bradford at, was, got here June seventeenth. Was well was after. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if Seth McGowan's not an idiot, then is Trey Bradford even come here? And to like a bigger, like taking a bigger step back and looking at the situation, I, I'm, I'm telling, maybe I'm just like kind of leaning more towards sunshine pumping here, which I, I try not to do and i don't even really consider myself a sunshine pumping fan Mm -hmm. but i do believe in the 2021 sooners like i haven't believed in a team since 2008 if all those guys are still here so trajan seth mikey henderson who else is anybody else am i missing anybody else is it marcus major eligibility if everybody is still on this team you want to know what i think the exact fucking same thing that i feel right now even though they're all gone did any of the defensive line they all gone or anybody leave isaiah thomas got a dui or a dwi but he's playing yeah but he's he's fine he's gonna get that perry on this suspension yeah nobody else on this defense is no so they're still gonna have a top 15 top 20 d yeah If OU starts losing, I mean, God forbid this knock on wood, this doesn't happen. Perrion Winfrey, um, 
Andrew Rame. Um, who else? Just, I mean, Spencer Rattler, of course. Um, Jaden Hazelwood again. Like, if they start losing starters mm-hmm. and gigantic pieces, then that's where I'll, I'm going to start curbing my expectation. I haven't curbed one ex- expectation yet. I can still recognize that the risk is higher because if there is an injury, it ain't gonna. It could potentially not be pretty. But I will remind everybody: if OU midway through the season was in a situation where Trey Bradford is the starting running back because of injury, guess what? We weren't gonna win a national title anyway. So in the mean, like as the season goes along, you curb your expectations according to what you see and what's happening around the landscape of college football. Hopefully by week six, seven, eight. I still believe as much in this team as I do right now. But again, if OU found themselves in a situation where, oh man, Mikey Henderson isn't here. I wish we would have had him because of an injury. Well, guess what? We're not going to a national title in that scenario anyway. So, oh well, nothing is lost. Nothing. I mean, again, we're anticipating a lot too back. I think a lot where my head goes is that 2019 LSU team, now today, after Bradford's loss, because they did have some interesting guys, right? They had a Tyrion Davis, a guy that Oklahoma recruited out of the state of Louisiana. They ended up there. But they only played Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the entire game. He won them two games, too. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scared OU secondary so hard. Scared Buki really bad. The second he was out there, his first play was just a RPO play fake. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, it froze everybody. And I don't blame Cl- Clyde Edwards-Alaire is really good. <laughs> yeah, he was my favorite. I'm glad he ended up in Kansas City. But that's where my head goes, right? Because, like, Oklahoma now, when you look at it, if it isn't two back, right, and that's not the primary set that they're going to be in and have success in, does it, it doesn't have to – they don't immediately, Brady, if the pass protection's good up front, they don't have to go to 12 personnel get two two H-backs on the field. So if they play out of 11 consistently and not with two backs or two H-backs, hell, that means you get Marvin Mims, Jaden Hazelwood, and Theo Weiss on the field together. Yep. Or take that H-back or take that running back off and put Eric Gray out wide, you know? Then you're then you're in you're creating more mis, you know, mismatches and trouble. So they have a lot of great options still. And I'll just say, I again, I am you know how Lincoln is. You know, it's I'm I'm very worried they're going to show up in that Texas game and they're going to start playing two back stuff. And if it doesn't work and I know I'm getting ahead of myself because the game's next week. But if it doesn't work, Brady, in that Texas game and they somehow lose, falter, like whatever happens. And he goes away from it because it didn't work just one day and they hadn't been running it a lot. That's where my concern comes because it is your strength. Getting Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, Austin Stardner, Jane Hazelwood, and Marvin Mims on the field. Theo Weiss, great receiver. Mario Williams is going to be a stud. Mike Woods passing all the tests right now with flying colors, it sounds like. But if you can get Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, Austin Stogner, Jaden Hazelwood, and Marvin Mims on the field together, I don't know who stops that. I don't know. I don't think there's a defense out there that can account for all of that. No. I mean, they're not in this conference. Iowa State and Baylor would be the only two. And as you're starting to see, basically all the offensive tapes I'm now watching, because I've watched them, you guys have almost got them all against Oklahoma. That's on the uh, through the Keyhole Patreon, by the way. They're all against Baylor's defense now. Yep. 
they should be. And Iowa State, Baylor and Iowa State's D are the two I've been gauging everybody against for the most part. Let so. me let me reset like go my, ahead. Let me reset the entire my entire thought on the opposition in this conference. I just rewatched the Big Twelve Championship against Iowa State, and even I forgot because I've done nothing but not make fun of them or not eh, crap on them. They're still they're very good, but I even forgotten like how awesome their team speed is on defense very good team speed on defense so it's you know oh yeah Sheem Young getting targeting on the second play of the game and it was it was targeting then it's targeting now fracked it is and I'm sorry like you cannot like that penalty you cannot like how it ended up but it was a penalty and he broke the rules and yeah he just saw tiny white boy Ooh, I I get a clean shot boom oh you're gone Also, it's Bob Stoops' son, so it <laughs> was. Like, you know you're getting your ass kicked out. <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, I there. I know we're kind of diverting from the original convo, but yeah, them and them and Baylor have. I mean, those are two of the better defenses yeah. I've studied this ba- off season. Baylor's problem is just going to be offense. Like, ha- like can it can it be more than inept? <laughs> I mean, I've literally said this, and I will stick by it. I, Texas may win that game against Baylor, thirteen to ten. Oh. That's like there's going to be Sylvester some big Crew, ten Mississippi in the big State this year. Gene Chizik, Auburn SEC game back in the 2000s. That's disgusting. Trey Bradford leaving though, Brady had does not change my perspective on this. Good, season. and it shouldn't, and it should for anybody, especially. I mean, a guy who's not carried the ball for the Crimson Cream. I mean, Seth McGowan is a bigger loss than Trey Bradford. I mean, yeah, because we saw it be a better running back. Yeah, because we saw what McGowan could do. And if you add a regular Lay offseason off to the him, weed. Well, it's not Duh. even it's not okay. even the weed. It's just well, yeah. why, why are you bringing a gun to a, a fairly a, like legal and fairly no longer stigmatized? It's not even a drug, but just a a plant, broken down charred plant. Oh. But you know, like it's, it's prince principled matter. It's principalities principalities at stake here uh i did want to point out something that i just saw on twitter and keegan you like officially made it because let's see uh, i guess we'll give a shout out to this twitter account at sooners underscore big 12 c um you know you've made it when you get mentioned on a tweet and not in the twitter sense like literally mentioned he just spelled your name he didn't like, he didn't put at keegan it's uh all this uh, i'll just read the tweet um so he had originally quote tweeted a screenshot of yours about um, if the latest news is true. And then he quotes it by saying, going based on the highlighted portion here, Jackson Sumlin going to have to step up in the H back room because they about to lose Jeremiah to the uh, running back room if the news is true. And then he quote tweets that tweet, he or she, I don't know, uh, quote tweets their own tweet and says, Caleb Williams was so committed to OU, he would have come if the UGA quarterback uh, commit came here, so Brock Vandegrift. Uh, don't think for one second he would move to running back to help this team. Also makes sense why Micah Bowens isn't QB3 anymore. Also, all this, according to Keegan, like 25 minutes ago, has a lot of if. So you know you've made it because you get mentioned uh, just by your name, not an at or, mm. you know, or not a whatever. No, I felt better when I was on radio today personally, but I... Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of if. I think what if? I'll say this. I I think the daily is probably right in their reporting and that he's no longer with the team. 
you would think that students would be on top of this because they're reporting on other students. It's like everybody just strategically have classes with football players. So you can just tell me they're not going to be able to play this week because motherfucker wasn't in class all week. Only Grimlock would do such things, right? Isn't Grimlock related to everybody? <laughs> I hope he hears this. Can can we just say the person's name? Reagan? Oh, yeah. <gasps> you did it! I don't know why you can't. I mean, I, I know why he wouldn't, but, I mean, we didn't say anything I, I else personally, that. I personally never voted for Ronald Reagan. It was uh, before <laughs> my time. It was before my time. Oh, man. No, that was pretty good. That was good. I hope the people that are on Scoop that know exactly what I'm talking, what we're talking about, I hope they laugh. At I had a scoop of ice cream last night. Did you? Yeah, it was good. Where from? Uh, uh, Roxy's in the plaza. Never been there. Pretty good. Yeah, there's there's a Roxy's in the plaza. There's a Roxy's on Class and Curve right next to Zoe's. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. We well, are not sponsored by Roxy's, but if you're in Oklahoma City and you want ice cream, that's probably where I would point you if you said, hey, Brady, I hate you. I hate your hair, which is now gone, most of it. Uh, but I hate everything about you. But, hey, can you point me in the direction of a good little ice cream parlor? And I'd say, yes, sir. Roxy's. Roxy's. Nice. He'd be good. Okay, so college football at large, the Pac-12 says they're not expanding. That's breaking news, and that's shocking news, I should say. Is it? Nobody. <laughs> and then the college football playoff ain't expanding until a little bit later down the road. And I guess if you think, like I think, that OU and Texas is going to be in the SEC next year, um, that that makes it difficult because I, I guess everybody was under the understanding that the lay of the land is going to be when OU and Texas are in the SEC, that there's going to be three, potentially four teams able from the same conference to go and an expanded playoff. And so if the playoff doesn't expand, that means it makes it more difficult. But just like I told you before we started recording, it does make it harder, Keegan, but the University of Oklahoma, with its proud football history and its resources, the recruiting where it's going, the talent that they already have, should not be intimidated by that. Will it be hard? Yes. Will it be uh, easy to go undefeated or beat Alabama every year? Of course not, but that's why I'm an OU fan because I like the optimism. I like the big chance. I like the big stage. If I wasn't a fan of any of that, I would be an OSU fan. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I I said this in a, in a tweet, and I know we've been kind of – I've been personally you know, using my contacts and – talking around and, and checking in with people that about realignment, those things, it makes absolutely no, it makes absolute sense. I was going to say it in a different way, like a double negative. It didn't sound good in my head, but it makes absolute sense why you don't expand. If you're not expanding the playoff, you have seen Oregon don't want Oklahoma state coming in and sneaking a playoff bid from them. They don't want TCU coming in and sneaking a playoff bid from them. Those like, two programs could. Sounds like they league. just need to be better, though. But, yeah, I get, I get it. Yeah, so everything that, like, now after seeing the report from Gordon or that spoke with the West Virginia student newspaper, shout out student news. Big day today for student news, by the way. Huge fan of that. Um, spoke to them and said the college football playoffs not likely he is going to vote no, which then cut expansion completely off for this round, right, as well as – I think it creates an interesting conversation about what Oklahoma does here. Because you could just play it out through 24 now. Have a, You go to the SEC with a 14 playoff, 
Will the SEC schedule and find a way to get three teams in? <laughs> yes. Yes. Eight days a week, maybe nine. That happens. But it does create a little problem of room here. And Oklahoma could get away with not paying over $100 million. Texas ain't paying that. ESPN can't pay it now because everybody's on their ass about the antitrust stuff. So Oklahoma's in a unique position here, again, where they have a choice. Either go through with it, get to the SEC by next season, and get ready to roll or by 23, Brady, or you ride this thing out till 24, you pay less money, and as we joked on Tuesday, probably win the next four Big 12 championships. Yeah. <laughs> and go to the playoff three of those years. Sorry, three years. So they have 22, 23, 24 left with this TV deal, grant of rights and everything. Oklahoma could theoretically start by the 25 season with the SEC. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, l- l- let's lay out where we think it's really going to go. Like, do, We're both in agreement that we believe OU and Texas is going to be in the SEC next year. Next season, yes. yes. I, I could see a fun little scenario, even though I don't believe Bullsby is going to expand the Big 12 slash Big 10 slash Big 8. You know, whatever. This do you problem. think real quick? Do you think anybody's going to expand between now at this point in January? I don't think so. I think it's been that plan that's timeline the whole along. Yeah. You know, and I know we've I've reported on that, but and then again, like Bowlesby had ten years to expand the Big Twelve, and he never did. And there have been, you know, about a handful of programs that could have easily slid in, and you would have mistaken them for a Big Twelve team because it's not like the mid, the second tier, or the bottom tier of the Big Twelve was any better than Houston or BYU or Cincinnati, or especially UCF, and hell, Louisville. Mm-hmm. Would have been great to have Heisman Trophy winning Lamar Jackson from the Big 12, but <laughs> that wasn't good enough. Wasn't good. Who, who, it was Texas, right, in the Pac-12 that screwed that whole thing up in Pro- 2011? Yeah. Yeah. And then in 16, it was the networks that told them no? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think this will happen, but if OU does have to stay in the Big 12 a few more years longer than anticipated – and the Big 12 also added a Tulane or a UCF or like that would be kind of a little fun adrenaline shot into this boring conference like oh okay we get a road game in Orlando or we get a road game in Tulane again uh we can get a road game in I I I want nothing to do with BYU but it would be nice to go to Provo must say it looks beautiful on TV Mm -hmm. looks like a fun little atmosphere but again I want nothing to do with BYU let that you can quote that Throw that out there. I don't want to be in the same conference as them. I don't really even want to watch OU play football against them. Mm, I'm with you. Yeah. Screw them. Anyway, I I, I don't know. Like I, I just wish in this era where we can schedule a football game five days before it's played, I just wish we would stop with this facade of we have to have everything planned out, mapped out years in advance. It's just like, just tell me what the hell we're going to be doing. It really shouldn't be that hard. Having an alliance is stupid. We made fun of that on Through the Keyhole, which you can listen to for $4 or $5 a month uh, at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. We already made fun of that. We're going to make fun of the college football playoff thing. We're going to make fun of just like, I'm tired of just the whole system being broken around what OU is trying to trying to do like so well and that's like navigate the sport navigate their schedule recruit develop and win yet everything around them and it's Alabama because you know everybody that plays at a high level in this silly thing we call college football it's like everything around it is so stupid and stupidly run and I just would hate for whatever OU's doing to be 
at the whims of some of these leaders, quote unquote. I'm at a place where I look at the landscape right now. I look at what they're trying to make it to be, specifically the alliance, right? Like what they're trying to do. And it just doesn't, I, it just doesn't make much sense, right? You have, they, you know, jokingly said, we have 68 games scheduled between the Alliance or 36, whatever it may be, right? Okay, yeah, and LSU and USC just scheduled a game. Why doesn't Oklahoma, I sent this to you yesterday, right? Oklahoma has games against the SEC opponents in 23, 24, 27, and 28. Just go schedule a series with Oregon and Ohio State if you're Oklahoma. Why not? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there is nothing that's stopping, hell, even uh, stopping Oklahoma now because they're actually a potential, they're, are they considered a member of the SEC? How do we officially, what's the legalese term of that? OU? Yeah, so are they, a fi- they're not, a, they are officially members of the SEC as of like June of July 1, 25, right? Something like I, that? I think the only thing that's been written down or said publicly is that the SEC formally invites Oklahoma and Texas to, jo- to join the SEC when their grant rights are up, when they're available. So as soon as you are available, please come on. And I think Oklahoma accepted that, officially they ex- accepted that they invite. Ex- they accepted that, but their grant rights, they're not free yet. Yeah. So they are a Big 12 team. Sure. Okay. So with that being said... There's nothing at this point stopping even Oklahoma, even if they join the SEC, from signing a coalition with like six schools. We got alliances and coalitions. Yeah, and all sorts of fun stuff. The triple entente, the central powers. (laughs) No, the Big Eight, like the Big 12 slash Big Eight should just be like Switzerland. Just be neutral and allow the SEC and the alliance to just kind of play each other and battle each other, just like the allies and the... The keep, Axis keep powers going, did. Keep going. Keep going. In Switzerland. Switzerland, you know, they're neutral. <laughs> I know their whole thing is neutral. Just read up on what the Swiss did during World War II. They are not neutral. They are not. They are not. They don't come out as good guys in this. Don't let their neutral facade fool you. Someone had to say it. Mm, Brady, I hate to go back. Soonerscoop.com can confirm Sooners running I, back Trey I, Bradford have parted ways. I was going to bring that up just to, just so people when people are listening to this because obviously we recorded before it was confirmed confirmed uh, by Sooner Scoop. Uh, we don't want you. to Sounds just like, like that meeting is... just took place, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you out. Bye bye. All right, so I figured it out. So it's actually a level two NCAA violation from LSU's end. Is Level one worse, or is level level th- two, level three, or worse? I okay, believe. so the, the further you get into the the number alphabet, oh wait, is worse. sorry, violations that do not rise to the level of level one, so that would insinuate level one. So the closer you get to zero, the worse. Yes. Okay. So this would be it's a level two violation, and it's a violation F of bylaw thirteen whatever as it relates to with contact with a student athlete. Give him a big fuck you for the F, right? And <laughs> and it sounds as if, like a level two violation, it could fall on the responsibility of a head coach by a head coach resulting from an underlying level two violation. Um, I believe this would make, if I'm reading this correctly, it would make Trey Bradford ineligible to play this year. So that would make sense why he is being asked to part ways. My heart weeps for him. 
I just don't get it. I, I think I, I laid out a fairly logical uh, way that this could have gone according to what we've been told, what I can go off of, and then me filling in the blanks. I just, I don't understand it. He's going to be the starting running back at Oklahoma. Might have been too hard. Could have been too hard. Could have, could have, did he think he was going to be in the starting rotation when he came? Uh, I mean, maybe a lot, like, you know, all these players think that they're the best player on earth. Like they have to have that mentality. I'm not saying that that's wrong. Uh, but you'd think that a sophomore transferring to a place with a guy who's been here forever in Kennedy Brooks and another guy who's showed it at a higher degree at a higher level uh, than what Trey Bradford did at Tennessee or Trey Bradford did at LSU, but Eric Gray did at Tennessee. Um, you'd think that he'd have the understanding. I, I, I would hope that he'd have that understanding, but again, like maybe he just, the offense was too hard for him. He was still learning the damn playbook as of, you know, a week or so ago when DeMarco talked to the media. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was that slash whatever the offense he was, whatever offense he was picking up in his brain. He thought this is not conducive to my skill set. LSU is going to the spread system and they've been there. Yeah, for but not three the, years. But not Lincoln Riley spread system. If Joe Brady's back there calling plays, then yeah, that that would be this would be even more yeah. confusing. Yeah. But this is not Lincoln Riley spread. This is not sophisticated. This is LSU trying their best, basically to, just to sell season tickets. We're, the offense is going to be better. I swear to God. No, it's going to be like fairly pedestrian. Their quarterback's going to be very boring and same old, same old. They're going to have like two NFL receivers that. It's always going to be interesting to remember that, oh, my God, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. were teammates, and they were on LSU? Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know that because they didn't really do that much in college according to their talent in the NFL because they played in a boring offense. It's just LSU unless Joe Burrow and Joe Brady just randomly show up. Hey, it can happen. Baker Mayfield randomly showed up on campus in Norman. Sometimes you can get lucky. Did you hear what uh, Rob Bro, speaking of our another Patreon plug, what he said about the – he made a joke about the Baker situation during that. Uh-uh. What, what happened? He just made a he just made a joke like Baker – he made the whole Baker, you know, wouldn't have panned out in Lubbock and like that, like jokingly. He's had a smile on his face, but I – it's – this is – this is maddening, right? Like I – I know we just talked on it extensively, but now it's real. I can't believe this is happening. Oh, I mean, we uh, Mason Lowry uh, tweeted me this in my little sarcastic, oh, no, oh, you lost another running back. They lost an idiot who broke the law. They lost Adrian Peterson 2.0, and then they lost another guy who hasn't carried the ball for OU and mm-hmm. was just going to be the third round, third string running back anyway. And Mason Lowry said, you know, we were just kind of going back and forth. And he was like, yeah, I guess we shouldn't really be surprised about anything anymore. And yeah, like it's, <laughs> I, this is what happens when you don't have set rules or a set system or a set body of leadership, governorship, whatever you want to call it, that punishes actively and really punishes. And because what's the point of punishment It's to keep people from doing something. So NLI will, if this comes out to be true and, OU and the NCAA and with LSU and all that, right? Yeah. So they'll have to get a public reprimand from Oklahoma. God darn it. Son of a bitch. That's tough. They're going to pay $500. Fuck. 
<laughs> get a GoFundMe for... <laughs> God, where is LSU going to find $500? Probably in all that hush money they had piled up for all their sexual assaults. Oh, from assaults. the tr- children's hospital that they that was embezzling money? Yeah. The guy that was embezzling money through an organization? And all this to, like... It's so weird. LSU is so weird as an institution because all that's happened, the sexual assaults, the child's hospital, children's hospital embezzlement. Oh, yeah, they're like one of the few big-time programs that is like forcing people to show a vaccine card or negative test upon entry of their stadium for their games, which is, you know, I'll be honest, I'm surprised Oklahoma hasn't made an announcement, but again, they have an extra week until they have to really suffer through that PR hit with a large portion of their fan base? Uh, I will say, I believe Governor Stitt has something in place where they can't do that. Oh, just like uh, Mr. Abbott down in Texas. Who, just was saying. Yeah, just like just like Abbott down in Texas just, who... Just was saying. Who just, you know, like, we'll, 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 this is what it is. This is what happened. I hope he's okay. Uh, Abbott basically has governed like somebody who is like, oh, this isn't real, or, yeah, the virus is real, but it can't mess with Texas, right? And then he went and caught said virus that he acted like he isn't did. real. So prayers for he's Governor He's probably Abbott. vaccinated, so he's going to be okay. Yeah, he's going to be okay, and he's rich, so he'll definitely be okay. Hey, let me just say, as you know now, it works. If you tell people they can't go to college football games, it works. It's a crazy concept. And that's why it's awesome that some of the, like the SEC came out and said, yeah, we're for it. Back the backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So please, please, please. I want to. I want to go to see Metallica in December in San Francisco. Do not ruin this for me. Well, it is in California, so good luck with that. They are uh, San Francisco a month ago already said, yeah, everything's vax card or negative test. Oh, nice. Yeah. The entertainment industry can't take another lap. No, I mean we're seeing that here with our friends over at. Po- at- tower and they're having their struggles still but i also i wanted to go back to the where oklahoma stands right with where we're kind of heading in college football because yep. we're all we're about wrapped up with that i feel that oklahoma is still heading the sec there have we have at least one rumbling that we have i have not checked on more that i believe you have seen from a friend up in manhattan um they they think oklahoma is going to stick through this thing so when when you look at it, it makes all the sense for OU to get to the SEC from a recruiting, from a money, for everything perspective, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you do make more money if you make the playoff. You just do. You make it better for yourself. You make it better for your conference. You should have told that to Bob Bowlesby because then I don't think OU would have had nine consecutive games before their first bye week. Hey, you make more money if one of your teams goes to the damn playoff. OU's your best team. <laughs> you might want to make more conducive schedules for that. Mm. But that's you know that's just asking for too much. It's not like any conference has ever like actively changed their rules to benefit their best team in the season, mind you. You know, it's not been a great twenty-four to forty-eight hours for me in the on the reporting sense. But I was glad to see Houston popped up today. That was one I did mention about Houston in terms of realignment and yeah. their value. Um, I mean, it's a name that's been popped up to me. So it's uh, you. I, I think that when you when you finalize and and you think big picture, I, we're are we both? I don't know if this realignment conversation's over. Personally, obviously, with everything that you and I both have been well made aware of, but 
Shout out. I, I mean, Red Dirt Sport. Realignment never sleeps, never ends. Never, ever does. And he, he was nails on this with the Pac-12 not expanding and um, his reads and everything. So, yeah, he's go his Patreon and, what, it's $4? That's it? It's whatever you want it to be. I think I pay four. So I think I pay four bucks a month on from four oh five my old four oh five sports account. Yeah. But speaking of, that could be seeing a comeback. Anyways, I was looking at the Big Twelve and kind of what I mean there's I I don't understand the people that don't think of the Big Twelve added. I know you believe this. If you take OU Texas out and you add Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, SMU. They can add BYU then. I like uh, sure. if OU's out of the conference, then they can have BYU. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So if they have, if so they go, say they go BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and go to get back to twelve, competitively as a football league, it'd be fun. Be a lot of fun. I think it'd be more entertaining than the Pac-12 would. I think whoever said that today was a hundred percent right. Yeah, because you're e- like even though these programs are rather second tier, there's still a passionate fan base behind them, however small they may be. There's like that's to me like what really tells you tells me about your program is just how how much give a crap is there. Mm-hmm. I don't sense a lot of give a crap at Cal Berkeley. I don't sense a lot of give a crap at Stanford unless they just happen to be really good for a little bit. I I don't sense a lot of give a crap from even like Washington State or Oregon State. Uh, I know Washington has a fairly proud history, but I've seen a handful of games, home games of theirs over the last 20 years, and it's always empty, and it's a beautiful stadium. It's a beautiful part of Seattle. It just is what it is. And, yeah, like, OU, OU Stadium has been empty during the 90s. Like, I get that. That can happen, too. But, I mean, let's not compare that because it's not – they're not the same thing. But, I mean, if that's where the Big 12 goes, and I think that that's what they should do, I mean, it would be very interesting to see, like, how that affects like, like a program like Oklahoma State. Like, if if that's the case in Cincinnati, UCF, who else did you say? B- Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, BYU. Okay. You go those four. If Oklahoma State's in that conference for, let's just say, the foreseeable future for the next five to ten years, OSU's probably going to win a Big 12 championship or two in of that bunch Matt Campbell's going to be gone he's not going to stay at Iowa State there will be teams that kind of rise and fall but if Mike Gundy is still there and we have every reason to believe that he's not going to retire anytime soon Mike Gundy's still there or they hire somebody else that's a program that's rolling in the proper direction they can win a, a big 12 championship or two and if that's the case how does that catapult Oklahoma State into this new future because they're not playing Oklahoma, I would assume, in that scenario. I, I wouldn't want if them to. If they don't get into a power league, Oklahoma State will not schedule Oklahoma for a while. Cowards. Which I don't blame them. They've only beaten us 17 times. I mean, it would hurt. Like, I don't understand why they would play Oklahoma. You know? Like, from... I'm not saying, like, taking money stance on... Yeah. I, in terms of helping their potential to get into the playoff. I mean, you'd already be playing a better schedule than the Pac-12 probably would if you're Oklahoma State you probably can schedule someone that's a little bit easier non-con you could still have a big game you know they scheduled Alabama now Alabama probably looked at that and was like well we can just go up to Stillwater and kick their ass or that game I will that old hat I would imagine Brady that game's gonna be played in Jerry World right there's no way Alabama's actually traveling to Stillwater 27 28 whenever that game's scheduled or whatever Right? Doesn't that game that game has to be moved at Jerry World? Why? Fans? 
I mean, I guess if Oklahoma State it'd be, pa- it'd be packed, it'll be packed. I just would imagine that they would make more money. I mean, Alabama would love to play it at Jerry World because they hate going on the road to other Power Five uh, schools. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't have to do that apparently. So they're not afraid to go out and schedule. I just I can know from our end and what we do know. If they don't land in a power league, I don't anticipate Bedlam sticking around. I think it was a caveat to each other, mm. which sucks. But at the end of the day, I get it from both sides. Like mm. Oklahoma is not going to go head over heels and try to make this happen. And Oklahoma State yep. is in a position of being upset so and, and emotionally upset. And you're not wrong in that. So, you mean, again, it's... You know, I think you do have to b- mention a couple things from their statement. One, they said at this time, which, they, of course, they're always going to leave the door open. It's not good right now. Two, can we please laugh at the competitive... I know you saw me quote tweet it or yeah. tweet about it. <laughs> what did... Th- it, we are competitively... We're something competitive-wise in terms of we're doing just fine was basically the comment. And no, it's financially, just, I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe and like thirty-seven and a half million in distribution. I mean, the Big Twelve was sitting out forty. <laughs> there's just there's just more give a crap. There is. But here, we were an hour into this thing. I have one more question for okay. you, Keegan. One more little topic I wanted to kind of munch on. Okay. Because um, it's something that I'm looking forward to this season to see like how it kind of plays out. Before we get there, I just want to give one more shout out to Vanessa House. Yes, we're not there, but we are there in spirit. We're there every Thursday. Uh, once we get into the season, everybody, once we get back to the old schedule, which I'll just go ahead and say, uh, the Tuesday pod will be free. It'll be the basically after Lincoln Riley's done talking at his press conference, you'll hear it on this podcast feed, just like last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday from Vanessa House, the X's and O's pod for the upcoming game will go up on Patreon first, and then it will be released Friday onto this feed. And then Saturday, the post game show, the post game reaction will be exclusively heard on our Patreon page. At so Through we can say things and not get in trouble for exactly. it. Exactly. But, you know, people have already mentioned that they, oh, we can get un- we can get in on that thing without subscribing, whatever. Like, okay, well, that's rude. Mm. I wouldn't do that. Mm. I mean, yeah. Whatever. They missed one hell of a meltdown last year after the Iowa State game. That was fun. That was recorded at like 2 in the morning. That was fun. But, yeah, that, that will be the... Uh, the rate at which podcasts will be released mm-hmm. uh, each week, and of course, if breaking news happens, we'll throw out stuff here and there as it as it comes. If another running back leaves the the team, then we'll be sure to let you know via the audio format of podcast. Uh, but yeah, Vanessa House Thursdays every Thursday, uh, we will want to try and encourage everybody to come out, have some good beer, have some good times with us talking OU football. Uh, please do so next week. It'll be the kickoff edition mm. of the 2021 season as we prepare for Tulane. Actually, I say that I won't be there. You can be there. I can be there. You can be there if you'd like to. If you You're heading re- out Thursday, right? I'm heading out. I'll be in New Orleans on Thursday, so we will be recording that over Zoom. You want to touch on the hurricane real quick? I, we haven't yeah. heard anything in regards to game yeah, change. It might, it might rain. It might rain. It will, in terms of that game on next Saturday, right? Like, no hurricane should be no issue. Yeah. It's if, right, if you read anything and listen, Reed Timmer was actually on Sports Talk 1400 today and talked about, like, potential impacts on college football and, like, blah, blah. Basically made it if 
this thing becomes as strong as it is, like New Orleans could be in you know in the sights of it, right? And if it does, you know that could create some problems. But if it doesn't, then it looks like Oklahoma and Tulane could be playing in Louisiana. I'm just keeping a keen eye on it because if it does become a Cat Four, Cat Five, that could cause some problems, right? If New Orleans is like in tr- like. Well, I hate to say drowning, but I, I, I obviously I hope nothing bad happens. Correct. Um, I've talked to two people that live in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and they're not. They're like this happens every. This ha- just just happens, just like how when severe weather hits or it's severe weather day in Oklahoma. Like, yeah, we're we're cognizant and we're paying attention, but we're not living in fear that a tornado is going to fall out of the sky like r- right over us. Uh, yes. Even though that does happen, but it doesn't happen every square inch of. Oklahoma City or Norman or wherever you're at in Oklahoma. It's just, you know, you learn to live with it. And the two people I talked to were, they're not concerned. They're like, yeah, like Tulane has played football games during tropical storms. So if they have to play the damn game and they're able to, they will play it. Yeah. And it, want to repeat again, this doesn't sound like I texted Brady yesterday and was like, hey, or two days ago, I was like, hey, hurricane heading down. Um, might want to see when you let the latest, you could cancel your hotels and stuff. It is this weekend. This hurricane is coming in, I believe, this weekend. Yeah. So it is not, in terms of travel, hotel, it doesn't sound like that's a problem. I'm just more concerned with if New Orleans is shut down from a power perspective. Like, that could yeah. that could be the problem, and maybe they could play a game in Norman next week. Brady, did you hear my joke about that on the radio today? Could you imagine how Scott Frost, how mad Scott Frost is going to be if Oklahoma gets another home game this year? Why couldn't we get another home game? Didn't they add? But didn't they add somebody? Yeah, they added a week one like oh, snowball, good. Snow, snowflake, and we can just paint the field <laughs> with the fear of the wave. Like I'll tell you this: if OU had to do that, and that game got moved to oh, Norman. Oh, major facts! I and, know where you're going. And they, as a gesture of good faith and just being a good host, like, hey, you were supposed to play in your stadium. We'll paint the field. Fear the Wave green with the Fear the Wave logo at midfield. That is the only time that I would want that field be desecrated with somebody else's logo because the Fear the Wave thing is oh. just, or the just the Green Wave thing is just awesome. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen though. So I, I'm fully expecting to be down in New Orleans for our X's and O's pod. I am. Or the Thursday, the yeah, the game preview. I'm looking forward to it though. I think that. Again, it's a it's a to get you a little excited for college football. You got some games this weekend. Well, yeah, Nebraska's you, playing this weekend. Well, have you prepped on a little bit? Nebraska, Illinois plays this weekend, um, and then next weekend you have Tulane with a great, potentially good offense. I was going to say great, which was wrong. Potentially good offense, yeah. bad defense. So it'll be a good test for this it, defense that is going to get a couple good tests before that Texas game. If should. you want OU Nebraska in four weeks to be a ranked game, then Nebraska has to win this this weekend. If they don't... Colima's <laughs> coaching, so, I mean, it, yeah, coaching, the coaching well, matchups is not as drastic as it should be between, it would have been Lovey Smith and Scott mm-hmm. Frost. Yeah. Well, Scott Frost may have lost his mind, so who knows? He, it, cornfields, man. He spent too much time up there, <laughs> apparently. So, yeah. So, we got the shout-outs out of the way. Uh, one more time, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate that. My final question to you, Keegan... Mm, I'm scared. Can you please, please, I, I am but a simple peasant here. Will you please tell me why exactly Austin Stogner is better than Braden Willis? Because like I said earlier, I watched the Big 12 championship game, and yes, Austin Stogner didn't play, and I hope he's healthy. It seems like all signs are pointing that he's fine. 
and I'm not trying to poo-poo him as a player because he is certainly a great player. Um, the, the numbers back that up, he was Spencer Rattler's safety net, and when he went out, Spencer Rattler's numbers dipped, but there's context to that. It's not just because of Austin Sogner, but he plays a big part in that, and I respect that. And I want Austin Sogner to be healthy. I want him to be a big part of this offense, and I want to believe that he can also take a leap from where he was last year before he got hurt. Having said all that, Braden Willis does nothing but make tough, fucking catches he's not afraid to use his body and um he can give you some yak he just makes tough catches man and austin Sodgers made some he's made like two really tough ones a lot of the other ones have just been kind of like your you know third down out routes your i i don't mean to crap on him i really don't i just i seem i have seen more out of Braden wills to depend on him to make a play than I have seen out of Austin Sogner. And some of that, and a lot of that, is just because he got hurt, and that's that's not his fault. Yeah, I think the big thing to remember is that the two to three times that he did look like where, right, where, you know, third down, tough catch opportunity, I mean, it was Trevin Morig on the other side of that. I think Trevin Morig would have shut down basically anybody um, yep. at that point. Now... Or their time, I mean, in the Texas game at the end, right? He doesn't remember that play. We won't talk about that. But yeah, it was a big, it was a huge catch. Huge catch. That's that's what I expect. I was like, talking about the drop, the third down drop. Yeah, the one that he had, like, doesn't he? Well, he doesn't remember any of the second yeah. half. But uh, you know, I, I I would say that the biggest thing is just I think versatility and route running. Because I, I again, I I haven't I should spotlight Braden Willis more. But he hasn't played a ton of pass yeah. snaps. You know, like he, the ones he that was, he has played, they've been successful. And the he was gone for about six games, like five or six games last year. He got hurt in the Kansas State game. Was it Iowa State or Kansas State? I think it was Kansas State because okay. he had the hip. He caught a pass on the right side of the yeah. field. It was a hip injury. So yeah, he came back. No, the the Iowa State game, and I think he made a big catch against TCU after the Texas game. He on the uh, first or second drive, it was a third down and. He made a catch over the middle of the field, um, you know. So, or no, it was Oklahoma State. He made the catch against Oklahoma State. Sorry, uh, first or second drive. It was a wide cross over the middle of the field. Great competitive catch, move the chains, all that fun stuff. He blocks better, right? As an inline tight end, he's just as big. He's just as physical. He's probably not as good of a route runner, right? You probably don't want to use him on a featured route to trust yeah. him to get open. But to your point, I think that it is a little lost in terms of what Braden Willis is as a as a player, because I'm I'm, I'm imagining if, well, one he was going to go to Nevada if it wasn't Oklahoma or Boise, one of the two I think, probably would have had a better car- overall career production wise there. Probably more of a, I mean he is an NFL like body type. That yeah. is intriguing. And and maybe like where I'll give Austin Stogner the credit, like maybe in a weird scenario where Braden Willis just like the coaches decided to start him because let's just let's pretend that Braden Willis just practices much better than Austin Stogner. Maybe in some weird scenario where Braden Willis gets more opportunities, it's fairly apparent that, oh, he's just not as consistent as Austin Stogner, and you go with consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even though the potential for maybe a big play or two is higher with Braden, you go with the consistency out of Austin Stogner, especially at that position and what it represents. Um, but that's why it doesn't hurt to also have Braden Willis because when you can throw him out there, you can have the uh, you can have the the confidence to know that oh this guy can make it work. I made a comment about twelve personnel earlier, right, and how Oklahoma should try to avoid getting in it as much as possible this season. But if it is 
then you do have two good options as as route runners and Willis and Stockner. And two guys that are – now, Willis is a little bit better blocker. Hall's the best of the three. Um, but Will, Willis is a little bit better of a blocker. But Stockner's not bad. I mean, he's got to improve in that area. We've highlighted – we've got a spotlight on him on our Patreon. But, again, I, I look at I look at both prospects. They both intrigue me as a body type. We've seen Brayden Willis – you know, you talk about the Big 12 Championship game. I mean, go to the catch against – TCU in 2019 catching touchdown he had right and he caught it competitive reached over to the on the goal line um, and scored a touchdown on it all in one play Lincoln Riley told him not to do it again <laughs> but he is a guy though do I is his ceiling as high as what Austin Stogner's is no he doesn't the nimbleness isn't there the route running isn't there the catch radius isn't there um but I will say he is sure-handed. So if we're having that conversation, I think it should make you feel more comfortable that Oklahoma has him. Yeah, it does. In case another situation comes where there's a high pass over the middle of the field and Stogner gets hit again. And that's obviously you can't, he can't control that. So I mean, I'm, Lincoln I'm Riley could have. <laughs> I we we differ. I I was on there, I I was right on that one. Hey, listen. And if I, you would have thought in that game at that moment, like that would have been the one where Lincoln, you know, is like, all right, Spencer, like here's your punishment for doing something stupid. Like you're now punished to play the rest of the third quarter, right? That didn't help anything. That, the rest that, of the that's year. not that. That's the opposite of the smart thing we talked about at the beginning of the show with the two back system. Yeah, you got to be smart. Well, can't it, coach scare, but you can also coach smart. Yeah, and that also too. You have to like. I don't know what Lincoln's thought was because he didn't say much after that. And he wouldn't tell anybody if you mm-hmm. asked him. Like, hey, why didn't? Why are we? Because I thought he was being a dumbass, and I wanted him to play more. It's probably what in his his little evil Lincoln Riley on his shoulders telling him. And that's where the follow up question, which isn't even a question, is like, okay, that's fine. Uh, you got Austin Stogner hurt. Congratulations. Potentially, no doubt. I'm uh, I I'm in a place and. On the Willis Stogner thing, just to finish where my head's at, I I would think Stogner's ceiling's a little bit higher, and I think in terms of growth, I mean, you know, Willis I is think, a fifth year senior. I think so too. He he just needs to do it. Yeah, and I he has a, had a couple opportunities. Nineteen made a couple big catches, made a couple big plays specifically later in the season. Yes, but Willis has two, so I think you're in the right place, and I think it should make you feel comfortable that one, if they do go to Hell, thirteen get through all three H backs on the field together and thirteen personnel this year. Mm-hmm. That they have two guys that can run routes out of it, keep Jeremiah Hall in. Have two guys that can run routes out of it, it could be successful. And with Rattler's arm talent, his accuracy, I think that it allows them to have that opportunity. I just don't anticipate seeing a ton of two H back stuff this year, unless what we talked about, where Lincoln's kind of taking a step back now. And saying, should I risk getting one of my running backs hurt? That's, and that's going to be a calculated question. He's going to have to answer and weigh over the next. What he has until probably the Kansas State game to figure it out what he wants to do. Probably. So Nebraska will be a good test run. I would imagine we see some two two back stuff in the Nebraska game to to, to run y- it. And yeah, test it out. like you you how that should go is we see that early on in that game and then the game gets out of hand in OU's favor and after then, Eric Gray is runs like 280 yard touchdowns because Kennedy Brooks is kicking out a defensive end oh I can't wait should work 
Kennedy Brooks. Everybody's so excited to see like Gray and run the football, catch the football. Speaking of badass blocks by running backs, TJ Pledger, another running back that OU lost, that would have come in handy. This, this he season. did leave on his own. Yeah, and he 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 made the right decision to leave because yeah, I think he's a starter at Utah. Yeah, and that's going to be a great opportunity for him and Utah because uh, I like TJ Pledger. But the, do you remember the second kickoff return Trey Brown had in that game where he just got it out to like the thirty-eight, the forty-yard line in the Big Twelve Championship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just if you have a chance, go back and watch it. TJ Pledger just levels a dude and springs Trey Brown free. Just he just straight up like runs into the guy with his head head like his face up but his head down and just boom knocks his ass down. That's I like the only bad part about the coach's cut, and that's the only thing that I watch. No special teams. Oh, that's gross. It is a good. There's a good shot angle of it on the the game feed. So mm-hmm. TV feed. Keegan, good stuff. Absolutely. Hopefully we covered everything. Hopefully no one else has left the program in the recording of this podcast. By Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost 6 o'clock, so plenty of time to go up to Vanessa House to go have some fun. Bingo, bango, songo. Plenty of time to subscribe to our Patreon page through the keyhole. Plenty of time to leave a review on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts if you've not done so. We greatly appreciate those who have done so. We greatly appreciate our patrons, and we also greatly appreciate our inside OU listeners. Look forward to Monday. I'm going to put out a little special uh, preview podcast for the season with my good friend Chisholm Holland, who I'll be doing the radio post game show with following every OU game this season like we did last year, but just kind of to get everybody back into the swing of Chisholm and I talking OU football. He's going to come over Monday. We're going to just record a little special inside OU podcast before our Patreon through the keyhole tuesday edition so everybody look forward to all that looking forward to everything over the weekend hopefully everybody still on the team and hopefully no hurricanes big storms hit new orleans so we can all have fun and so new orleans citizens can uh continue to live yeah keep your keep your thoughts and prayers down there the hospitals are full right now they have a major hurricane come through it's gonna be bad news so got some family friends down there enjoy your time my friend enjoy it you're nine days out this is the last Think about this. We've been talking. We've been exhausting, exhausted talking about some off-season stuff. We have been exhausting to people. We have been that. And you're, the next podcast you record, Brady, it'll be game week. I know. We're almost there. We're not there yet, but we're almost there. Let's keep crawling. We've got one more Monday post on Patreon, and it'll be the first Monday. It'll be the first post of the season. Five, got four, five. I got five more days of film review to get in. Got three uh, Iowa State. Who do I got? I got. I took Bear Baylor, so I have Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Texas. And f- how do I cannot find a f- Texas guy? What the hell? I'm the Texas guy. I can't because find you, any of my own. Can you? You know how like people will Photoshop Skip Bayless debating himself? <laughs> Just do that. What about your best friend that Ian Boyd? Might, yeah, we're good on that. What, what about Ian Boyd? He's uh, he is has he been writing the Casey Thompson is it guy like no Hudson, he's been Hudson the card he's been the it? Hudson card yeah he's been on the card. Track. I'd imagine every Texas fan is the Hudson card fan. I don't need to go any deeper than that. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Inside OU. Uh, we look forward to seeing hearing and talking to you all throughout the season. Thank you to everybody who's been part of the podcast listening uh, from the beginning in the middle, or even right now. We greatly appreciate it. But until next time, everybody, Boomer Sooner, and we'll talk to you later.